Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com There we go. Is that better? There you go. Awesome. Yes. I apologize. I apologize. Um, uh, hello from yesterday. Uh, for those of you joining us from Australia, uh, I am here in the States on the West Coast. So it is still here Friday, a little late here on Friday. Uh, really, really great to be here. And, um, you know, I just wanted to come and, and share, you know, first uh, big shout out to Miko uh, for creating this event and for uh, organizing a wonderful event and inviting me. Um, and so many awesome folks from around the world to share our stories. And so I want to give a little bit of a different talk tonight or tomorrow, uh, today, whatever time zone you are listening in, and tell you a little bit about my own story and how I ended up becoming a podcasting person, uh, even though that's not what I technically um, was supposed to be, according to uh, the expectations of my family or my parents or even society. Um, and that's not the path that I had set out to. And so a lot of you may be thinking on the same uh, same boat that, you know, uh, podcasting obviously wasn't around when many of us were younger. Uh, the idea of storytelling as either a profession or a hobby as a complement to some of the other businesses that we run. Um, so, you know, uh, I was actually born in Korea, uh, moved to the States when I was eight with my family. And, you know, um, if if uh, you've been paying attention to the news, uh, one, it's, it's a rather t- challenging time for Asian Americans here in the States given the rise in anti-Asian rhetoric, uh, violence, hate crimes, and even murder. Um, so now is a very interesting time and also an opportune time for us to be talking about uh, identity, uh, us to be talking about culture and authenticity. And so I spent most of my early life, um, as, as many immigrant kids do, uh, trying to fit in. You know, I wasn't born with a name, Jerry, that was given to me. And, you know, to hopefully make my life in America a little bit uh, better, a little bit smoother um, and less discriminatory, to be honest. And so, um, again, as many immigrant uh, parents uh, encourage you to do, I, I excelled in academics and uh, went to university here in Los Angeles and pursued a, a corporate career uh, in sales and marketing arenas. And um, I was actually was pretty good at what I did. But there was a part of me just existing through the first about 10 years of my career that didn't really make me feel like I could be myself, uh, talk about the things that I wanted to talk about, and ultimately just exist in a space where I could be me. Um, but instead of looking to see if I could change the paradigm of what I did for a living or how I spent my time, as we were also conditioned and trained to do, I just try to uh, you know, put more and different types of things on my plate to see perhaps if that's the way that I would find myself out of whatever discomfort or whatever, um, you know, challenges that I was going through. So uh, change jobs, change careers, change industries, try to make more money, um, ultimately led me to going back to school to earn my graduate degree uh, in business and starting a career, a new career uh, in the world of uh, strategy consulting, which, um, you know, a lot of people will say like, wow, that's, that's sort of the, uh, the top of what you should strive for and um, you make good money and you do good work. And I'll be honest with you, there wasn't really a point where I felt like that was what I was uh, put on this earth to do. 
And so, you know, as, as life goes, a lot of things happened for me to uh, come to this realization in the summer of 2019, including uh, getting married, having two kids, being a father, um, but also seeing my own parents go through their own challenges and struggles um, that I wanted to create a legacy for my kids that I'd be proud of and understanding, obviously, that people have financial needs, people have needs of survival. And so for folks who do what they have to do to make the money that they need to make to provide for their families, totally understandable. Uh, but for me, I wanted a little bit more. And I refuse to believe that the only way to make money uh, to provide for your family was doing things that didn't bring you any sort of uh, feeling of authenticity, of fulfillment, and of just you being you. And so uh, about a year and a half ago, I started down this path, and I love talking to people. I love learning. I'm a very genuinely curious person. And so looking at a variety of what does that mean for me from a storyteller's perspective? What stories can I get out of people? And before I could start asking other folks, um, I needed to get very clear on what my mission was. Why am I doing this? Um, for whom am I doing this? And, and what do I want this to all mean? There's, especially in the world of podcasts, as you all know, because you're in the business of podcasting, many of you, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of shows. Um, many don't have a point. Uh, many don't have a mission. Certainly, even more than that, don't really have a strategy. Many are uh, funny. Many are personality-based. And they're all good stories. But from a perspective of resonating with somebody who might be listening to your show on the other end of uh, perhaps the other side of the world, what does that mean from a connectivity perspective? So uh spent four months uh, creating content for myself, uh, learning about myself, reading a lot, and uh, just observing in the universe to see what part of the puzzle uh, in the podcasting puzzle and the storytelling puzzle is currently missing and that we could try to fill, that I could try to fill. And I don't know how it is where you are and what part of the world you may be watching, um, but I really didn't have a lot of influences uh, of stories of from people that look like me here in America. Uh, here in America, uh, America is about 6% Asian American. Uh, even though globally, as I'm sure you know, we are the dominant uh, group, uh, four out of seven. But in America, we're, we're you know about 18 to 23 uh, million people, depending on how you uh, slice the pie. Uh, but also, you know, um, there's a lot of history here as to why we don't have, we have not had yet the fair opportunities, or the compounded historical opportunities for us to be in leadership positions. Um, and our culture also has led us to believe or just admit the fact that. We shouldn't really brag that we shouldn't, we should be very humble in everything that we do. And so when I was growing up here and all throughout college, um, again, that was about 20 years ago. And so media is very different from the way we look at it today. I didn't have a lot of stories of people look like me doing a lot of different uh, things that weren't your stereotypical and traditional paths of uh, medicine, law, engineering, and other professional degree jobs. And as I sat there two years ago uh, with my two kids, very young kids, said, what do I want them to be inspired by when they grow up? What sort of influences would I like to see have them have? So I, I started talking to some younger folks, uh, you know, um, the average between the ages of my children and me, uh, folks that are in college and university today. I said, what do you guys have to listen to? What do you guys have to read? What stories do you, you consume? 
to help you believe and to dream on what is possible based on uh, people who look like you. And, you know, it may or may not surprise you all, but there's really not a lot of stories in that realm, even today. Uh, even today, uh, or even a couple of years ago, with podcasting, um, with YouTube, with Instagram, there's still lack a great opportunity or really great uh, space in the professional and sort of authentic storytelling space for Asian American stories. And I wanted to fill that gap. And in particular, I'm very fascinated to learn how people became Asian American. Again, if you look at the history of migration patterns, if you look at the history of what laws and policies that the government placed on Asians, whether they could immigrate here or not, whether they would be refugees or in some cases even being adopted here into the United States, how somebody moves here and where they move and under what circumstances plays a critical role in the rest of their lives. How they feel, how they're told to feel, what influences they have. Uh, there are pockets of this country that are very diverse. There are also pockets of this country that are not very diverse at all. And so those are the, uh, those are the things that I wanted to explore. The origin story of where people came from, where they were going, what they were told that they could be, what they thought they could be. What did they think they wanted to be? And so what did they study university and what things did they try? And really looking at where are they now and where do they want to go? And so those are the four fundamental things I started asking folks on the Asian Americans a little more than a year ago. Uh, so the show started on March 2nd, 2020, uh, which is my daughter's first birthday. And all the things that I'm doing now in terms of storytelling, particularly from the Asian American narrative, is really a gift to her and to her entire generation of young people. So that they too may be, uh, that they may be inspired to do something great and to change the world for the better. So over the last year, uh, the first year, uh, we produced a hundred shows. Surprise to nobody. Uh, we dealt with COVID. We were home. We had a lot of time. People were comfortable sharing their stories. People wanted to share their stories and we could do it all remotely from the comfort and the safety of our homes. So we got to work. Uh, our main show, Dairies Americans has now more than a hundred episodes. And we've since now launched seven other shows under a Just Like Media company, all in the different genres of Asian American storytelling. And for me, I understand that that may not be the biggest market to play in. We may not get the best download numbers. Uh, we may not get the best brand deals because of the numbers. And I understand very acutely um, how marketing and, and partnerships work. However, the intangibles, the qualitative benefits of leaving something behind, not just for my two kids, uh, but for people that are my age or even older, knowing that you might be hearing an Asian American story for the first time. It is my belief that there are two fundamental impacts of storytelling. One is that it leaves somebody feeling a little bit less alone in the world. Even though there are billions of people uh, on this planet Earth, about 7 billion today, and everybody's unique story is unique, and they cannot be duplicated, there are so many threads of commonality and resonance between all of our stories that when we hear somebody else's, there's a piece of that that always hits us, and it makes us realize that there is a part of their story that sounds a little bit like ours or somebody that we know. And so that's what storytelling is for me. It is really primarily to make somebody in the world feel less alone. Particularly in times of 2020 and COVID, what better gift than to have somebody feel a little bit less alone as we've been quarantined, as we've experienced physical harm, um, pain, emotional loss, and um, 
millions of people have died around the world because of it. And two, uh, the storytelling, storytelling has the power to change lives. I think if you are a podcaster, uh, if you are a fan of podcasting, if you're an author, if you're a content creator online, you know the full power of storytelling and what it can mean for you. And so it has also changed my life. Um, and so not only through the stories that I tell, but also allowing our listeners and allowing our friends uh, to listen to my stories, but to not only listen to my stories, but also to see me grow and, and to see me go into a different variety of um, life paths and opportunities anchored on podcasting and storytelling is the story that I want to leave behind. And so I have, um, as many speakers here have mentioned before, have been invited to tell my own story on a variety of podcasts from all over the world. I have now the opportunity to write a book, uh, actually two books, uh, working with a literary agent uh, to get my books published by the major publishing houses here in the States. Uh, I now speak to organizations, schools, companies about this very topic as I'm doing with you today um, on the Asian American experience, on the possibilities, the wonders, um, and the beauty of authentic storytelling. And so it has changed my life. Um, if you haven't yet started, I encourage you, I implore you to consider sharing your story. So for a little while, I just want to share with you how I go through the process of defining what story you want to tell and a five-step process to really validate uh, your story or your strategy to make sure that uh, you're going to do the best job and set yourself up for best success. So the first part um, really is to figuring out what you want your story to be. Who do you want to be? What do you want your legacy to be? And so for this, I'd ask you to imagine, if you will, a three-part Venn diagram. Uh, the first part of the Venn diagram uh, circle is the history part. So all of us are descendants, children, grandchildren of amazing people who've been through a lot. Sacrifices, global migration, um, pain. And so what do you want to do? What do you want to tell? What do you want other people to know you for as a result of centuries of sacrifice of your parents and your grandparents? And that's on you. Um, what do you want to be proud of, proud of you for? Whatever that, whatever that means to you, that's what goes in that first circle. And as of now, there's no real overlap with any of the other circles on what you think should be the result of the centuries of evolution and of sacrifice and of love and of survival. The second part is, are you maximizing your own potential in whatever you want to pursue? So we live in privileged times. We have access to information as we do uh, right now. You're watching this video on Hopin. You listen to podcasts. We have YouTube. We have the world at our fingertips. We have access to people and information that we have never had before. How are you going to take the most and the best advantage of those opportunities to make sure that you leave the best story for the other people in your lives. So that's the present. In the moment, in the present, what are you going to do with the opportunity that you have? Final piece, as you can guess, it's the future. If you have kids or grandkids, this one's really easy to visualize. And if you don't, just uh, humor me and think about what you want your grandkids and your great-grandkids to remember you for. 
And it's not how hard you worked at that one company. It's not the bonuses that you made. It's not the long hours that you worked. It may not even be the car you drove or the house you lived in. It's the impact, the human impact, and the way that you made people feel and the improvements that you made in the world to make life better for other people. That's what they'll remember. So going back to the visual of the three Venn diagrams, what sits in that middle piece that you want people to remember you for and by? Once you have that and you want to start telling stories, I want you to go through this five question process and it might take you a while. Um, I may never finish it, but I want you to uh, answer the first one, which is what story do you want to tell? And again, I want to encourage you to think about the story you want to tell from the perspective of the history, the present opportunity, and the legacy that you want to leave. So again, you can tell a lot of different stories. You can tell a story about cabinets. You can tell stories about cars. You can tell stories about sports. All great ideas, but what is the story that you want to tell? How do you want to tell it? Who's going to be there with you? So think about all the difference, all the different pieces to making a successful storytelling block. Phase two, why do you want to tell it? You need to have passion, conviction, and purpose in why you want to tell that story. Was it a life event that uh, inspired you to tell that story? Do you have a specific mission or do you have a specific purpose in life, a goal of some sort perhaps that you want to achieve? Get super clear on your why because that is going to be the thing that will help you stay motivated and engaged and not quit as you go. So those two things are about you. You need to get very clear on what story you want to tell and why you want to tell it. That's the part of authenticity. It needs to be all about you. Three, who should listen? And so when we talk about stories, it's a two-way equation. I can tell the stories, but if nobody listens to it, it loses its impact. And so even though the stories that we are telling is about ourselves and there is authenticity in the story that we tell, we also have to be extremely intentional about audience identification and think about who is going to listen. Get as specific and as granular, almost as even drawing a picture or giving that person a name to say, there's a person in the universe, his name is Chris, and he is X years old, he does Y for a living, and he is going to listen to my show because X, Y, Z. Get very, very clear. So demographics is important, where people live, what part of the world, what age, what spending habits. You need to know exactly who your show is made for so that the content that you create from questions one and two cater to that person. Four, why should that person listen to your show? As we know, so many options out there for entertainment. Physically impossible to watch every single YouTube video ever uploaded. Can't listen to all the podcasts in the world either. There are just so many options. And so you're in a competition for attention and for, um, for attention and, um, time and energy from all the other options available or the other entertainment options out there for the listener. Give them a reason to listen. Give them a more than a reason to listen but you have to make it clear for them. So perhaps not every show has to do with authentic storytelling. So let's say if you listen to my show, you will be able to learn how to save money on running your business. You will be able to grow your Instagram following 10 X by following my steps. You might be able to have an easier time getting into a specific academic program or 
learn stories that you've never heard before. What's the why? What's the hook? And so let's review the first four. The first two are about you or us, the storytellers. What story you want to tell? And uh, why do you want to tell it? Three and four about the audience member. Who is that person and why should they listen to you? Fifth and most important, what do you want them to do after they listen to your show? What is the feeling? What is the emotion? What is the call to action that you want them to take after they've listened to you? You may have thought of these things as you're listening to this talk and thinking, Jerry, I got it. I want to tell this story. This is why. Who should listen? Why should they listen? And this is the way. I find that when I work with my clients and when I talk to people all over the world about podcasting, somewhere around questions three and four, they get stuck. We are very focused on the story that we want to tell. And I don't know if you're familiar with the movie from the 80s called Field of Dreams. There's a very famous quote in there uh, that talks about the baseball field that they build. It says, if you build it, they will come. Sorry to burst your field of dreams here, but they won't come. You need to give the audience a reason to come. You need to make it appetizing. You need to make it attractive for them to come. And you also need to prepare them all the way through to make sure that they know what uh, they are getting from you and out of you into telling that authentic story. Um, and so that's what we do uh, here at Just Like Media when we evaluate what types of shows we want to create in the universe, uh, you know, as we uh, test and vet and, um, you know, decide what shows we want to invest in. And so our main show is The Years of Americans, which talks about the broad appeal, immigration, and identity journeys, origin stories of the Asian immigrant population here in the United States. We have another show that is specific to the Korean adoptee experience. There are more than 200,000 Korean adoptees uh, globally, most of them who live in the States. They don't often have a voice, uh, just in general, but particularly within the Asian American, Korean American community. So uh, I feel very passionate about getting their stories out there. So we created a show. It's called The Janchi Show. Uh, we also have another show called MB Asians. Um, it is specifically geared towards Asian international students earning their MBA degrees here in the States. And so what's the show? We talk about student life. We talk about academic life and career recruiting. Why do we want to tell it? Because there's actually no real good resources for these students out there right now. Who should listen? Current, former, and prospective MBA students from Asia and elsewhere who want to get their uh, degrees here. Why should they listen? Because we give them insight and we give them tips that they're not going to get anywhere else in the world. What do you want them to do? We want them to have an easier time getting into school, making the best of the opportunities, and have a better and easier time getting jobs. The whole purpose of that show is one, to build community, but two, is to prevent more mistakes or to encourage fewer mistakes from happening for students who want to go to school and to get jobs and work in a country that they may not be as familiar with. So we've done some other shows along the way. We have a parenting show. Uh, we have we had a show for a politician who was running for office, and we're now currently in development uh, for a number of different shows that all sort of fall within the Asian American umbrella. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll pause there to see if you have any questions from the audience, uh, for those of you that might be watching here on Hopin. Um, so we'll, we'll pause for a little bit. Um, and if there are no questions, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about some of the other things that I'm doing. Um, I think we have, um, let me know in the chat what the timing looks like, but I think I started around at the 26 minute mark. So, uh, my 30 minutes are going to be up here in about six. 
uh, for the folks uh, in the control room. But um, if you are watching this live, uh, thank you for joining us and um, would love to entertain some questions if you have them. All right, because I'm going to keep talking. Um, if, if the backstage team can let me know um, until what I have um, would give me a good idea. Um, I'm going to assume I have about six minutes um, until the... Oh, hi. Hello. Hi, it's me. <laughs> I have a Welcome question back. for you. Sure. <laughs> uh, just just one question before you continue with your talk. Um, my question is, how did you find, you know, how did you discover what story you would like to share with the world? Like, you have a specific story that you tell in your podcasts. How were you able to discover that, you know, discover that niche, maybe, or topic that you would want to share with the world? That's a very good question. Because um, it didn't exist. These are stories that I wanted to hear. These are uh, people I wanted to hear from, and they didn't exist. Um, I make no assumptions about how media is in other parts of the world. Um, but in the States, even though the country is very diverse, um, media in all forms, TV, radio, books, podcasts, are still dominated um, by white people. And so the stories of minorities, the stories of immigrants in particular, have a very hard time getting traction in mainstream media. Even in podcasting, as I'm sure everybody is well aware, there's a lot of large, uh, big business money in the podcasting space. Shows are being bought for hundreds of millions of dollars, as we sure know. And so it is really hard um, for somebody looking for that specific story that is from people who look like them. So my company's name is Just Like Media because it's stories for people and by people who look and sound just like me. And so I love books. I love personal development books. You guys see a bookcase behind me. I got a bunch of them. I used to love listening to other people's podcasts. And the thing that I realized, um, and there's nothing wrong with the content that these guys produce, to be honest with you. The content is fantastic. There's a lot of thought leaders. There's a lot of psychology professionals. There's a lot of motivational speakers who have books, shows, podcasts, and all that, and they actually do provide really good content. But what's missing is context. Because as an Asian person in America, um, and I am just one identity, but if you're a woman, if you're LGBTQ, if you're black, if you're brown, if you are not able, um, life is different, right? And so when the advice when life advice in general is given by people who have the most privilege in society without taking into consideration that that same advice likely isn't applicable for people without that privilege, then that advice, it may not be bad, but it's bad for me. So we need to provide relevant and contextually relevant advice for different groups of people from the people that have have shared similar experiences. So if you were born here or in whatever country and you have not faced racism, 
you have not faced sexism. People not have said things to you because of the way you simply look. You don't get to tell me how to be successful in life. Because we are starting fundamentally at a different place. And so, again, the content that some of these folks create is fantastic, but it lacks the context. And I want to create contextually relevant content so that little kids who look like me, little kids who look like you, can listen to our stories and say, okay, because it is different for us. It is different for us because of fundamentally the way we look, and that's the way we experience the world. And so that's the gap I'm trying to fill. And that's the gap I'm also trying to fill through the other work that we do, which is the production of podcasts for other people. And by and large, most of our clients are folks of color because we don't have the same advantages financially and opportunistically. And so, um, you know, you asked why or how did I find that story? Um, I would have loved to have listened to my story 20 years ago when I was in university. And what I absolutely find unacceptable is this weird idea in this crazy scenario that if my kids 15 years from now are having this exact same conversation, we as a society have failed them. There's absolutely no reason because we have this thing called podcasting, because we have Clubhouse and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and 50 different ways to share stories. If our kids today grow up without the ability and the opportunity to listen to a variety of stories, and I don't want just Asian kids to listen to my story. I want black kids and brown kids, indigenous kids, and all white kids all over the world to listen to my story because that will help them understand our experience a little bit more. And in a world where we're experiencing global anti-Asian racism, an increase in hate and violence against people that look like me, I would have to hope, I have no choice but to hope, in fact, that sharing our stories, humanizing ourselves, letting them know that there are more things that are similar to us, that we deserve to live, that we deserve to feel safe and they have the same opportunities, will perhaps make people understand a little bit better our experiences, make other people slightly more empathetic, and ultimately getting to that place where we can coexist in a much happier and, and, and safer place. And so I left the corporate world uh, to pursue this dream of storytelling. And in a ways, I sometimes feel like the, I didn't have a choice. I had no choice but to start telling these stories because the alternative in a world without stories of people who look like me and you is not acceptable. And I am privileged I have an education, I have the resources, I have a lot of friends who have great stories. So if I'm not going to do it, then who's going to do it? And so for folks listening, you know, empower yourself because your story matters. Uh, your, your story certainly matters. So when we talk about authentic storytelling, and perhaps this is sort of the cheat code at the end, whatever story you tell that's yours, that's your authentic story. And that's your authentic storytelling, something that you can be proud of. Something that is paying honor and respect and tribute to your grandparents who sacrificed for you to exist today. And then something that you want your future grandkids to listen to and say, man, my grandma, my grandpa, they were awesome people. And I'm very proud to be their descendant. So that's it. It's not that hard. 
I know we make a big Amazing. deal of it and sometimes it can be scientific, <laughs> but um, just share your story, folks. Um, thank you so content much for having me today. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it. Contextually resonant content is all you should be going after. What did you want to listen to when you were a kid and what do you want your kids to listen to? That's it. Very simple. All right. Thank you so much, Jerry. That was very, 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 very encouraging because, um, you know, as a podcaster, storytelling is something that I am in love with, you know, I love telling stories. I love hearing stories from other people as well. And for you, as someone who gives that platform for people who do not have that capability or capacity to be able to speak up, that's amazing. It's very amazing. Thank you so much, Jerry. I would love to talk to you more, but we have to move on to the next part of the, 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 the program. So, um, once again, thank you, Jerry. Guys, if you have questions for Jerry, you may go to hop in, question and answer session, and maybe connect with him and, and ask him a few questions. Thank you so much, Jerry. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com